Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Ahoy there, Marley mates, and welcome back to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast. As always, thank you for joining us again. Say, listen, I've reached the age now where I can either do a daytime activity or a nighttime activity, but under no circumstances can I do both. Do you understand me? So listen, we've got a fun show today, again, this week. Uh, Two different pieces, fairly newer, um, and both... uh, Unrelated, completely unique, and um, nothing unlike you haven't seen or listened to already, but um, I just felt like putting them together. No rhyme or reason, two different pieces, enjoy. All right, so this piece that we're going to talk about is another upcycled thrift shop find. Another shocker. Ryan, you don't do that. Of course not. Just every chance I get. And it comes in waves. Sometimes I uh, work exclusively with stuff like that. And sometimes if I get an idea or the the mood hits just right, I'll just grab a blank piece of canvas and go to town. I never really know where inspiration is going to strike. So I got to get it while I can. And this was an opportunity that I absolutely could not pass up. I uh, acquired this piece back on 13 May of 23. So it's also a fairly new work that I've done. And I was at a Salvation Army uh, in Greece, New York, and I saw this piece there. It's an old framed newspaper ad or newspaper print that um, was kind of enlarged and matted. And it's of a, of a child. It's a, it's a little baby girl wearing a bonnet. It's a uh, kind of a gingham pink and white patterned bonnet with some lace on it and she's she's blue-eyed just kind of like looking over her shoulder and sticking her tongue out and I saw this and I'm like this is awesome like it's already creepy and weird because it's just like a goofy little kid I'm gonna assume probably um probably late 50s early 60s perhaps um advertising there's no marking on the on the image itself, so I think this may have been 
utilized in some form of advertisement, but this is just the, the photography itself. And so it was very much um, a little thicker stock paper than just newsprint. So I'm not really sure what this intended purpose was, but perhaps, I don't know, maybe it was utilized in a magazine or a newspaper. I'm not sure whether it be fashion or something baby related, hard to say. The background is just a very solid colored teal, which I love because I, I use that color a lot actually in, in several things that I do um, and various shades of it because it's just, it's, it's bright and it's light and it's refreshing and I just, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. And so, like I said, I, I scored this at a Salvation Army it just so happens that day that the price tag on this bad boy was a pink one, and that day pink tags were half off. So instead of paying $5.99 for it, which was already a steal, I paid three bones. That's right, three doll hairs. And I couldn't ask for a better better find. It was a pretty sweet score, and I, uh, I knew immediately what I was going to do with it. It was one of those pieces that I saw it and instantly... Biggity bam, had the idea in mind. So the dimensions of it are 18 by 21, and it is a um, it is already framed. So I removed it from the frame and got right to it. In fact, I did this piece that very day. I came home from doing my running around and got right to work. It was one of those things that. I just had to. I, I knew what I wanted to do, and I wasn't going to lose this idea because it was, it's almost kind of obvious once you once I start talking about it and describe what the piece is, you'll you'll understand why. But um, I just was excited to work on it, and so I did, and I did it from start to finish in one shot. And so it's a it's a mixed media piece. It's got everything from acrylic paint to sharpies to paint pens, the huge, and all I really did was paint over the face. And like I said, the little baby's got her tongue sticking out. So what better person than I know who likes to stick his tongue out other than Gene Simmons? And I've used Gene and the rest of the boys and several other pieces. In fact, I've got one in progress right now that uh, has uh, Ace and Peter on it. It's a Weezer influence piece, but that's still in progress. So that's that's many episodes away at this point. Um, yeah, so I, I painted Jean's classic makeup over this baby. I left the tongue in place. Uh, no need to change it because it was already uh, already there. So I, I put a, a makeup on her, um, but it's not just a, a basic black and white. So Jean's makeup is very specific. And I think I captured that, but I was able to utilize some whites, some grays, cream uh, for the for the foundation itself. And then, of course, like all the detail work between the, the widow's peak, his his bat makeup and then around the lips. Um, that's all solid black. But I also used some of the white paint pen to add some some uh, areas of kind of highlighting and. Um, make it stand out and pop a little bit more. I did go back over the eyes around the, the pupils themselves and uh, and the irises and they were already blue. I 
decided to make them quite blue. So I went over them again with blue paint marker. And then I highlighted more with uh, some more white in there as well around the eyes for some detailing. And then a little bit of blood trickle on the, the side of the mouth coming out of the, the uh, left side. And classic, very simple trickle off of one side, very gene-like. And then it's dripping down off the chin and there's just a little bit on her collar. Other than that, I added the classic dots around the mouth and kind of just kind of spreading throughout the, the lower third of the piece. And then I added text because like I said, I believe this to be probably a, a previous use in some form of advertisement. And it looks like there's a space where you would have expected some, some copy to be. And so I just came up with something that as it was just kind of popping into my mind, um, and I utilized an older stencil that I had created for a Little Shop of Horrors influenced piece from long ago. And I just utilized the word horrors. In fact, actually, I used it not that long ago in a piece that I did the first Facebook Live on uh, with the four faces there. So you may recognize that from then. But the, uh, the word horrors is layered in a way where it starts with a a very light purple, then a darker purple, and then a, a darker red. So it's layered and it's it's three-dimensional in a way to where it's kind of coming at you where you can see each of those layers behind the other. And then I, I went over the border of the two layers of purple with a white paint pen. And then as the word horrors is written in, or excuse me, painted in red, I then have kind of that red just kind of being pulled down a little bit. And so around and above the word horrors, I put just little, I kind of freehanded that, and that's written in black and the, the letters are of various sizes and um, they're highlighted in white with some, a little bit of just like red dripping off of them. And then after the word horrors, it's a dot, dot, dot. And then below that is the word okay with an ex exclamation point and a question mark. So it says just little horrors, okay? And I don't really know what it means. Like it's not really of any significance. It just kind of came together. And it's kind of funny when you see like, um, certain foreign countries when they try to take text and translate it in a way like on a t-shirt or some sort of um i don't know just something they don't the translation it's like sometimes in instructions like especially if you're, you're getting stuff off of ebay or probably wish i imagine i don't know uh sometimes the instructions the the translation doesn't really line up it doesn't make sense it's not really exactly on point so to say just little horrors, okay. Um, that's just kind of what I, I felt like it, it, it needed or it didn't really flow or doesn't really just make any sense or appeal or apply to anything. So that's just what I put down there. But it, it comes together and it looks like it's meant to be, at least in my eyes. Obviously, you still have 
the main focus of the piece intact. The bonnet's there, the clothing's there. Nothing really changes other than the face, the expression is a little bit manipulated. It's just simply from the makeup itself. And then when you add the copy to it, it makes it seem like that was the intended use. So I don't know. I, I dig it. It's got a, um, a white or cream colored mat that was already part of it. I chose not to do anything to that. I think it was just, it was fine. Like it, it balanced well against the, the teal and some of the other colors that are in the original print. And then, uh, you know, balanced against the, the font and the, um, the makeup, it, it just works. And then the frame itself is, is just a brown wooden frame with a little bit of a gold uh, embellished trim on the very, very edge of it. So yeah, it, it just, it works. I like it. And like I said, it was made on uh, 13 May of 23 and it's titled Just Little Horrors. So um, another upcycled thrift shop find added into the mix. So it's been a little while since I've talked about an action figure. Actually, I think I've only done it one time. And it was on the Clerks episode where I shared a variety of different Clerks-influenced pieces. And I talked about my Jay and Silent Bob action figures that I developed. This one's uh, a little different. And it's something I've been kind of eager to do. And I actually just recently completed it back on 10 June. It's an action figure, and it's called Sam Squanch. That's right. It's just what you think. You know, that big, hairy, crypto figure that lurks in the woods and is found, known by many names, such as Bigfoot, Yeti, Sasquatch, your neighbor Ted, um, and Sam Squanch, right? So, uh, yeah, I made one. What did I use as a foundation? The Incredible Hulk, yeah, because he's a big guy. I actually got my hands on a lot of about 22, I think, 2022, 12-inch-ish, um, uh, just under 12 inches, at least that's what I told her, of the uh, tall action figures. And this one was just a basic Incredible Hulk action figure, five points of articulation, just as arms, legs, and head, and I converted him into Sam Squinch. And what I did was I took Modelite clay that I used to develop a lot of the pieces that I sculpt over top of and just started going to town. I re-sculpted the head and face exclusively to give it a very different and menacing look. It's... Um, got somewhat of a, a conical shaped head that comes to a little bit of a point. I really enhanced the eyes, the brows, around the mouth and and around the chin with a lot of fur and kind of a pointed beard hanging down. And it was um, a lot of just texture and variety when sculpting that because I wanted to give elements of of hair in different lengths. And so that's pretty much what I did. I didn't cover the entire piece with the model light to give the impression of hair. I simply put it in areas to indicate that it was indeed hairy, but then I used paint to add much more texture and dimension. And so 
I, I really built up the shoulders a lot. And even though it was the Incredible Hulk and already a, a muscle-bound figure, I used the model light to really beef up the shoulders and create a very textured hair-like pattern. I added hair on the chest, on the shoulders, on the hands, on the forearms, the knees, and the top of the feet. And then, of course, all around the crotchal region, uh, if you will, around the buttocks and um, where his big foot would be. Um, and then I let that dry. It's an air dry compound, and so it usually takes to, to fully cure uh, a good about 12 to 24 hours. So I, I let that harden overnight, and then I painted it. And I used a, a wide variety of different colors and textures uh, to, to, I'm sorry, colors to, to provide what appears to be textures because you have the, the already sculpted muscle frame and figure. And I used a very dark brown to start. And then I continued to layer just different bright, dry brush techniques over top of that with different shades of brown. I even used some creams and some like orangey reds uh, to really make it pop. I detailed the, the fingernails and, and toenails to have them pop as well. So the hands and feet are significantly darker. And then you've got like kind of the core area as well as the, the thighs and, and uh, biceps are much lighter. And so where the, the areas of fur are really pronounced, those, those tend to pop with a, a lot of the, the oranges and reds there. And so having its base coat of a dark brown, I even used black in some areas to really uh, get into the, the crevices of where the hair is. So then when I dry brush over top of that with any other colors, you can still kind of have the other base coat colors show through. And it's pretty effective. I feel like it's... Um, a pretty solid piece. Once it was fully dry and, and fully hardened, I then coated it with polyurethane and, and now it's solid as a rock. And, and I love it. I'm really, really pleased and excited about this. I know that I've spoken a lot about pieces that I've done recently and not as much about pieces from the past. And eventually I'll get to a place where I'll, I'll dig out some stuff from my storage and, and be able to, to speak more to it. But I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun doing this. Oh, there's a shocker. And then um, I just, I was really pleased with the way it turned out. And like I said, some stuff I'm, I'm typically, most stuff I'm, I'm usually quite happy with. I, I don't usually like to throw in the towel or wrap it up if, I, if I'm not happy with something. Um, I'll usually find a way to work through it to get to a place where I am satisfied with it. This one just kind of came together all along and it was, it was really cool. I really love how it turned out, and it's probably one of my more favorite pieces in a very long time. And I have done so many action figures, so many, and uh, nothing, I shouldn't say nothing, but not usually of this size. I prefer to work kind of the more traditional uh, average size action figure, you know, your, your typically, uh, you know, five to six inch figures. And these big guys are kind of cool because they're a little more basic in terms of their, 
uh, structure and just their, their points of articulation. And even once he's sculpted over and painted and polyed, he, he still uh, can move. Actually, I take that back. Belay my last. That's an audible term. He has six, two, four, six, seven points of articulation because I forgot his, uh, his hands actually twist as well. So um, usually these big guys like this are only five points, very much similar to the classic uh, Star Wars style from the original Kenner line in 77 when there were exclusively only five points. It was usually arms, legs, and head. But that's what we had and we loved it. So I love this piece. I hope you get a kick out of it. Check it out on the Facebook and uh, the, the grams of Instas and tell me what you think. Put your comments in the comment section. I think that's what it's there for. Good, bad, or ugly, you can't hurt my feelings. But I tell you what, if you call them ugly, Sam Squanch going to get you. Okay, it's been a little bit since a random thought, but remember I said I was going to do random thoughts every now and then? And usually it's because I'm introduced to something or somebody shares something with me that may not necessarily be fitting in the moment, but uh, if it resonates enough with me to feel the need to share it with you, then I'm good. And this is a, is a little short story. It's called Love Story, not to be confused with the 1970 film Love Story starring Ryan O'Neill and Ellie McGraw. However, uh, if you ever wanted a good cry and you wanted to just ball your ass off, go watch that film because that'll do the trick. But uh, I'm not sure who the author of this piece is, but it's just, like I said, it's called Love Story. And I'm going to read it to you. Once upon a time, there was an island where all the feelings lived. Happiness, sadness, knowledge, and all of the others, including love. However, one day it was announced to the feelings that the islands would sink. So all prepared their lifeboats and left. Love was the only one who stayed. Love wanted to stay until it started sinking. When love was almost sinking, he decided to ask for help. Richness was passing by love in a beautiful boat. Love said, Richness, can you take me with you? Richness answered, No, I can't. There are a lot of gold and silver in my boat, and there's no place here for you. Love decided to ask Vanity, who was also passing by. Vanity, please help me. I can't help you, love. You are all wet and can probably damage my boat, Vanity answered. Sadness was close by, so love asked for help. Sadness, let me go with you. Oh, love, I am so sad that I prefer to go alone. Happiness passed by love too, but she was so happy that she did not listen when love called her. Suddenly, there was a voice. Come, love, I will take you. It was an elder. Love became very happy that he even forgot to ask the name of the elder. When they arrived to the other side, love asked knowledge who the elder was. It was time. Time? But why did time help me? Because only time is capable of understanding how valuable love is. Just as our body needs food, the air and water to survive, our soul needs love as nourishment. And when we refer to love, we do not mean the momentous active emotion, but a state of being which involves a process of unburdening ourselves from the dusty feelings that we have gathered for years and enter into the sacred place of our heart and make a huge step on the path of personal transformation. It is during this process that we gradually tear down the wall 
that we have built between ourselves and the world around us open to the experience of unconditional love, which reveals the deeper meaning and the purpose of our life, leading us to realize our essence and our connections, leaving us strong, open, and fulfilled. I hope that means something to you. It did to me. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy, and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page, or on Instagram at MR. M-M-H-O-D. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.